So our epistle for this Sunday comes to us from the second, uh, the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians, beginning at verse 6, and Paul writes, So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Now since this is the 17th day of Father's Day month, the month-long uh, celebration of fathers, you're familiar with it, it's an institution here at Countryside, at least for the last three years. It's a celebration for fathers, and in most cases, invented by fathers. Are you awake this morning? Are you following me? This is good stuff here. <laughs> Father's Day month. And since it is Father's Day month, I want to talk about my dad for a minute. See, my dad was uh, many things, but... In everything, my memory of my father is that he was confident. It was a notable trait, a quality that he had. He was confident in everything that he did. And over the years, I have come to know that the reason he was so confident was because he knew who he was. He knew where his identity came from. He knew where his hope came from. His confidence, and this is a good thing to put into your, file into your memory bank. If you want to be a confident person. Know that your confidence comes from the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. That is the source of confidence. The hope that you have in Jesus Christ is your confidence. It was my dad's confidence and here in this scripture that we just read it was it was Paul's confidence as well. Hope in what? Hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we know that the work that Jesus did on the cross and the work that Jesus did in the grave, rising from the dead, conquering death, conquering sin, that work paid our debt and gave to us, you and me, this free gift of grace, free gift of redemption, and guaranteed for each of us that believe in him that we will have our own resurrection from death into eternal life with Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but 
if you have that hope, how can you not be confident? Confidence is a great trait for a father, isn't it? Confidence. It's, it's, a, it's a gift that you can give to your children, to your family, to your wife, to your grandchildren. It's, it's a confidence that comes not from your own making, but from God who gives you hope. No matter what comes at you, you can be confident that above all else, you will overcome as a believer in Jesus Christ, sin and death. Pretty awesome. See, Paul knows what we should all know as Christians, that while we're here in this material body, we're not fully present with God. And I, I want to be careful here so that you don't misunderstand what Paul is saying to us. When Paul says that we are away from the Lord, it doesn't mean that Christ has abandoned us because of our humanness. That's not what he's saying. He, he's saying simply that while we're here in this earthly body, living out our faith and our lives here on earth, we're not able to be fully with Christ, fully with God in the same way as the angels, as the saints that have gone before us, which are not angels, by the way. Angels are created beings in their own right. When a saint passes from this life to the next, and this is just an aside, you don't become an angel. It's a nice thought, but it's just not true. But you do enter into the presence of your Savior and the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Trinity with the angels. And so while we're here in this body, we kind of see through, as the Bible says, through the glass dimly. We don't get a clear picture of who we really are, and we certainly don't get a clear picture of God as he really is in all his glory and majesty. We, we worship a God that we cannot see. And because of that, this is really a great design that God has come up with. Because we can't see him and worship him anyway, well, we worship him in faith, which is why Paul says we we walk in faith. We walk out our lives in this human form by faith and not by sight. And Paul says it's our hope as Christ followers to be with Christ. In fact, we would rather be away from our body and be with him right now if that were possible. But it's not. And so then Paul reminds us that whether we're in the body or with Christ, our goal, our life's work, our deepest desire should be to please God. Why is that? Why should our deepest desire be to please God? Well, Paul gives us the answer. He says, one day we will all be away from the body and standing in front of Jesus and he will judge each of us for what we did and for what we failed to do while we were here in this body. 
Now, while what we do well doesn't gain us saving grace, and while what we fail to do well doesn't damn us to hell, because we have Christ as our intercessor, while that's true, thanks be to God, we should take note that what we do well will be rewarded in some way, and what we fail to do well will be judged in some way. The great thing about the way that's set up is it's not what we do or fail to do, it's who we know. It's who we're in relationship with that determines our eternity. Now, I, I know that there will be some uncomfortable conversations between me and my Lord Jesus when I stand in front of him on that day. It's just my opinion, mind you, but that, that promise where it says there are no more tears in heaven, that comes after you stand in front of Jesus, I'm convinced. It's, it's a promise and it's true, but I can't imagine standing in front of Jesus and, and, and recounting all the stuff that I've done in my life and not shedding a tear at having had a hand in the reason that Christ had to go to the cross. I'm sorry for that now, but standing in front of him face to face, I know I will be sorry for that. Sorry for the times that I struck the hammer that hit the nail that went into his hands and feet. And then tears of joy in that despite that, despite my inability to be a perfect human being, he loved me anyway and he died for me anyway. So then Paul goes on to tell us that because we know that this judgment is coming, because we know that there are consequences for those that things we fail to do well, and especially because we know that failing to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord leads to some incredibly harsh and eternal consequences because we know that that is part of the judgment, because we know all that's coming, Paul says we need to be engaged as the church in what he calls a ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? It means we need to be actively out there in the community, out there in the world, persuading people to come to know Christ. Mostly by the way we treat them and by the way we act. In other words, being examples of what it is to be a Christ follower. But also proclaiming the gospel message. You know, if, if our mission statement wasn't transforming our world by sharing God's love, which is a great mission statement, I think the one that I would choose, the second runner-up, if we were having a, a select your mission statement, I would say 
is to know Christ and to make Christ known. To know Christ and to make Christ known. So in verse 11, Paul continues, he says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others. But we ourselves are well known to God. And I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. It's kind of a difficult passage to understand, but the way I understand it is we need to be asking our questions. Are, are the things that we're doing in this community worthy of boasting about? Here's a good example. What's this church known as in the community? Yes, but th th there's a certain thing that they that they say when whenever they talk about countryside, they say, "Oh, that's the church." That that cares, that loves, right? And these are all examples. Christmas angels and food pantry. These are all examples of how we do that. So you have a reputation in the community that people boast about. That's what Paul's saying here. Said we want to give you an opportunity to boast about us. Not that we're great, but that God is great. And then he says, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it's for you. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. See, Paul is reminding us that everything we that, that we do should be for the honor and glory of God and for the benefit of others. Nothing we do should ever be for our own glory is what he's saying. Paul says, if you are to be out of your mind crazy about anything, you need to be out of your mind crazy about God. Be passionate, in other words, about Jesus. Be sold out for Christ. Because when you're sold out for Christ, when you lose it for Jesus, when we lose ourselves for Jesus, that's when we're in our right minds. Because our zeal for God benefits others by getting them excited about him too. Your zeal, your passion for serving God is contagious if you're willing to be out there serving. And finally, Paul reminds us that it really isn't about us. It's not us who deserve the glory of the boasting. It's not us who deserve the glory of the reputation that Countryside has in this community about caring for people, about loving people. It's, it's God. It's all about God. We're compelled to carry out this ministry of reconciliation, this, this ministry of reconciliation that Paul talks about to the world 
around us to this community because the love of Christ urges us on. The love of Christ propels us forward into the community we serve to bring the message of mercy, grace, redemption to the people so that they can proclaim him as Lord of their lives as well. And when we do that, something really amazing happens. See, the kingdom of God appears here on earth just as it is in heaven. That's what that means. The kingdom of God appears here on earth just as it is in heaven. We start to think about our fellow human beings differently. We stop seeing people as failures. We stop seeing them as different. And we start seeing them as people of possibility. Children of God. And that's why Paul says in verse 16, From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And so with that newness that comes with Christ, I want you to gain a new confidence about who you are in him. Have confidence in the hope of the resurrection because as a believer, you have a share in the resurrection. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father of us all and in his only begotten Son and in his Holy Spirit that he has sent. Amen.